Are you gay? Geeky? Just enjoy hearing your good Judy's dish about the latest in pop culture? Well, then you're in luck. The boys of Flame On are here for you. In every episode, we discuss the topics that entrance us. Whether it's comics, TV, movies, drag queens, or video games, we've got you covered. So, if you're ready for your gay and geeky slice of pop culture life, then sit back and get ready to Flame On! Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The following program, Flame On, is presented by the Nerdy Show Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination. And with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geeky programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Flame On. This is our special June cast recording. For those who don't know my voice, I am Pat. I'm going to be in your host chair today while Brian is out of town for work duties. I have with me today BJ. <laughs> Duty. Dear Lord. <laughs> I also have with me Jared. The sun is still out, Pat. I know. The sun is still out. <sighs> Welcome to the first day of summer. Uh, and in our fourth chair, just because I want to feel super pop culture happy hour e today, is our friend Eric Mater. How you doing, Eric? I'm great. How are you? We're delightful. I speak for everybody on the panel right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we are running at about half of our full, our, our regular full cast. But we wanted to make sure that we still um, got together. June and July tend to be a little wonky for all of us schedule-wise. Uh, season, the, the season's over. You know, we're 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 in the in the swing season, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 But a lot of stuff going on. Um, eh, but we wanted to make sure that we did not interrupt our our schedule because we know that you, dear listener, cannot wait to see that little notification that there's a new episode of flame on just for you they're insatiable dear, dear listener insatiable singular <laughs> oh we have at least two we're talking right to you <laughs> <laughs> you we're you dear listener watching you all righty <laughs> so. they're already naked it's the only way people listen to us that's the only that's the true flame on experience listening to us with no pants on on a bearskin rug yeah why are they laying on me? <laughs> wow, this train has gone right off the tracks right at the beginning of the episode. We haven't even started a topic yet. The inmates are and in charge of the asylum. Just, uh, 
This will be interesting. <laughs> Buckle up. This is going to be a fun 90 or so minutes of uh, flame on for you. I'm not stuck in here with you. You're stuck in here with me. <laughs> All righty. So it is June, which means that it is, no matter what the uh, current administration of the White House wants to believe, it is Pride Month. So happy Pride to all of our LGBTQIAA semicolon dash parentheses plus. two sign plus listeners out there. Whatever you associate to yourself the, with. To the others out there. To the others. To all of our listeners out there and our straight allies. Happy Pride to them as well. We couldn't, we couldn't do what we do without you. Begin the revolution now. Now is the time to strike. Got Convert. It. If only. If only. Uh, so one of the first things that kicks off June here for us is the Gay Days celebration here in Orlando, mm-hmm. Florida. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. So I know I had some uh, interesting experiences over Gay Days. I work the entire weekend, so it's a little um, it's a little different for me. And I know BJ uh, had the bare side of the coin with Tidal Wave. But before we oh. make a splash in the... Bear soup that is tidal wave. Eric, what did you do for gay days? I went to Magic Kingdom on Saturday for the gayest of days. Because you are a good gay. Exactly. I wore my red t-shirt and everything. Um, I walked around with friends. Yay. Got all the fast passes. Rode all the mountains. Did you go to the, uh, what is it, the one o'clock? Jamboree? No, I didn't go to the official 1 o'clock Country Bear Jamboree because when we walked by at 11, there was already a crowd lined up for it. <laughs> and I'm like, gosh, these bears don't want to move. They're just going <laughs> to sit there for two hours. Because it's hot. They don't want to walk around the park. Right? It was hot. <laughs> Moisture control, buddy. Moisture got, control. Just I got sunburnt, and then about 4 o'clock, the skies opened, and I got drenched. So. As is normal during the uh, hurricane season here in Orlando. Mm-hmm. Any fun parties? No, you're pretty boring this year. Yeah, just yeah. the park. And right. That's more than I had done the past couple of years. So, how was attendance there? Because I've heard that it was. Uh, you're not seeing as many of the younger homosexual or queer crowd out at at gay days. They've kind of forsaken the, you know, quote unquote, you know, where it started with the Magic Kingdom Day, and they're just doing all the parties. Well, you certainly don't see as many just red shirts. That's kind of not as popular anymore i guess more so because it's just been normalized in culture it's not as foreign they just know they'll be the first ones killed off the ship exactly (laughs) (laughs) well good i'm glad that you are keeping up the tradition there jared what did you do for gay days Uh, i was actually a lesbian uh (gasps) gay days weekend I, i was moving furniture to and from my old apartment to my new apartment yes 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 When's the housewarming party? Uh, actually, soon. Soon. I'll, All right. uh, I'll have the lot of you over. Dear listener, you are invited. <laughs> you, dear listener. I think we know who the listener is. It's probably Ron. Oh. oh hey, Ron. Probably. Hey, buddy. <laughs> well, we know he is. We have a couple more. Some outside of the state. I actually have a, a plan for getting more people to listen. I'm just going to lie to them and tell them that I'm talking shit about them on a podcast. And then they have to listen to us. And... I'll just be like, that's, gotcha. just, that's just normal BJ. That's <laughs> the shit he says in, in the public all the time. All righty. So you had a fun gay days moving. You enjoyed the park and getting burnt. So let's splash into the 
I see cool waters of Darien Lake. I mean, the tidal wave host hotel. <laughs> BJ, tell us about tidal wave. How oh, was it this year? Um, it was so. I'm I'm bad. I'm bad at. I'm a bad gay. I'm bad at all of it. Um, all gays are bad. And this year, um, I actually had a great time over the past couple of years because they didn't have the water park this year. Usually they have they do Wet and Wild, but it is now a crater. Um, and everybody was wondering if they were going to do a um, Aquatica event, if they were going to do um, Volcano Bay open the same weekend. Um, one of the organizers got back to everybody and he pretty much was like, Aquatica would be prohibitively expensive and you, we wouldn't have the park for as long as we used to with uh, Wet n' Wild. And uh, Volcano Bay is not doing any late night events unless it's universal sponsored events. So this is their first year just kind of doing a pool party. Um, they did have a drag show. Um, it was uh, Alaska, Bob, and Ginger. Um, and then there was a surprise concert with the weather with with the weather girls and Ginger. Um, it was not surprise. It was. It was, was it on there? Yeah. Like I said. <laughs> like I said, I'm bad at it. I. I and they moved it inside because it's <laughs> that Florida. was the surprise. <laughs> they it moved, rained the entire night. <laughs> it so raining men. Oh. Ah. <laughs> um, but it was fun. Um, I got almost blackout drunk um, Thursday night. And try harder next time. Oh no, <laughs> no. And then I lost. So I had, I had, I wore tr- my my favorite trashy outfit, which is a bright blue wife beater that says "dope" and a big diamond on it, and some like sunshade sweatpants short things it's it's the best trash beach outfit um and i left it by the pool and i lost it and i thought my wallet was in it and then i put a shout out on growler to be like if somebody took my clothes from the pool give back the wallet you can keep my clothes (laughs) and luckily my wallet was in my bag i drunk bj drunk bj did me a solid took the wallet out of his shorts and was like i don't need this at the pool and put it in my uh, suitcase so, props, props to drunk BJ. Um, but other than that, it was um, it, I had fun. Uh, from what I hear from everybody else, other than like you know the occasional rain, everybody I know had a good time. Um, if anybody was craving a a water park, um, my mom went somewhere else completely. Craving, I was like craving. Um, with not having the water park, you can crave it and get it a lot quicker. Excuse <laughs> me. Um, the uh, one mighty weekend party people had the Riptide party over at Tidal at um not Tidal um Typhoon, Typhoon Lagoon Typhoon Lagoon, which is a Disney sanctioned gay days affair. So um yeah, uh, we'll see what they do next year. They said they want to keep the event going despite not having a water park. Um, but yeah, I I had a great time. It'll be interesting. I want them to continue doing the event. I think. Martha Wash and the Rue Girls were a good idea. I just don't know if that by itself is enough to sustain it without them coming up with like reconfiguring or redoing the event a little bit. But yeah. I mean, it'll be it'll be it'll be fun to see what they come up with for this was what eleven. I think this was twelve. I think was this it twelve? Was, yeah, I think this was. Uh, it was so an yeah. even number. So it'll be it'll be nice to see what they they come up for uh, for next year's event. 
So I worked at the Parliament House for gay days, which I swear by the end of uh, by the end of the weekend I was ready to just you know regate out. I oh god, between the humidity and running around like a crazy man, it was uh, it was it was a lot for the weekend. But we had three concerts. Um, we had Debbie Gibson on Friday. Took me a second out. I was like, what? <laughs> trying to black it out of my my memory at this point. <laughs> we had Debbie Gibson on Friday, which was extremely entertaining. Um, it was a lot of fun. Um, it was rainy, which this year Gay Days there was so much rain, and it it rains Gay Days weekend, but it's usually Sunday in the early late afternoon, early evening, and we joke and say that you know God needs to cleanse the debauchery. For one final hurrah before, you know, before you go out on Sunday night. Oh, you mentioned... Okay, so you mentioned that. Um, this year, we didn't get the Skyrider warning everybody over Disney that it was Gay Days weekend. No? No, the Skyrider... Oh. There's the, the Christian people that bought, that paid for the Skyrider. I don't know if the money ran out, but this year, there was no Skyriding warning people for about Gay Days. Interesting. I thought I had saw it, but honestly, at this point, it just rolls up in my news feed. Every year, and usually it's just because it's, you know, it's that time of year, so it's either new articles or memories from people, you know, posting about it the year before. Um, Saturday, we had um, Macy Gray perform at the Parliament House <laughs> with a full band, Ooh. which was, quite honestly, pretty entertaining. Um it's always kind of fun to see a full band at the Parliament House because you're so used to just, you know, sets to track. Mm-hmm. And uh, she put on a hell of a show. I'm sure she was drunk off her ass at some point. Nice. Because, you know, she wanted her bottle of booze that, that we had. To, I had to go run out because I'd become the runner for the weekend. So I had to go out and buy a specific bottle of booze for her. And I laughed because I, I looked at Brian at one point and said, I guarantee you she's going to come up on stage and have that cup with her. <laughs> sure enough there was a bottle of water on the stage and there she was with her uh with her glass and i'm like oh she getting drunk while she's singing i love it <laughs> but she she did a uh she did a great job the only thing i was upset about is that she she didn't sing the chorus that i try mm. she sang the verses and then did the whole hold the microphone out to the crowd <laughs> and i'm like bitch i paid to see you sing <laughs> I will sing along with you, but I paid to hear you sing. Oh, and you do karaoke, so like half the people there singing, you already well, <laughs> sing. Yeah. <laughs> but um, she did a cover of Do You Think I'm Sexy? Made famous by Rod Stewart. What? She did a cover of a Sinatra song. I want to say That's Life, but I'm think i'm absolutely wrong on that she covered sinatra oh wow she covered rod stewart and she did a cover of creep by radiohead which was actually pretty good hmm. so it was it was entertaining and then on sunday we had uh carrie hilson which was another great show at the pretty girl rock mm-hmm. ah which was the only song i knew although <laughs> she did do a part of um the way i are which was the timbaland song that she was on uh, but I don't think she actually, she didn't sing the chorus. She sang along with the the track that the other rapper did, his part of the uh, the song. So I was like, this is an odd piece to be doing. But hey, whatever. But it, I mean, it was good. It was a good weekend. It was very busy. Made a lot of money working my ass off. 
which is always a plus for me. I was gonna say. Um, but that rain was a bitch. We uh, but it also helped me not have to take fourteen million pictures because half the sh- the Footlight player shows were inside, so I didn't have to photograph them. And nice. by I didn't have to, I mean I wasn't going to. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that disco gets so packed, it's not even funny when you're trying to be a photographer in there and get that shot and. You just got people waving their hands around like they just don't care. I want to, you know, punch them in the back of the head. But, you know, they're having fun and doing what they got to do. So that was Gay Days weekend here. And the fun and festivities that we all took part in. So from fun and frivolity. There we go. To a couple of things that affect the LGBT community. Um in different ways here during Pride Month. Uh, Philadelphia. This is an odd this is gonna be an odd topic. I I wish Oral would be able to be here for this I, discussion. I asked him, I was like, Do you want us to hold off? He was like, nah. Well, because by the time he would be on another full cast, this yeah. would be a passe story. Hopefully. It should be. Mm. Social media attention span. I'm surprised that anybody's even still talking about it, to be completely honest. Um, so Philly has been having a a larger than you would think ne- should happen necessary. in the 2017 year, maybe in 1957, 1967, but not necessarily 2017. Um, they're dealing with a an uptick and a very prevalent amount of racism against uh, queer people of color. So they have opted to fly a flag that is rainbow with a black and brown stripe just kind of slapped on the side of it. And by the side, I mean the top. Yeah, just up at the top. Is it above the red or is it below? Is it above the red? It's above the red. So this has sparked a lot of discussion, a lot of conversation, a lot of reaction, um, a lot of it not positive. I don't know if I'm allowed to comment on this. I, I, I speak based on the well, of my skin. <laughs> let's not just you. <laughs> let's do this. BJ, as our panelist, who is a queer person of color. For those of you who do not know, BJ is a queer person of color. Hi. Um, what is your take on this flag? All right. So I have I have not said anything on social media about it at all because I was saving it all up for here. The reaction to the flag. So here's the deal. Philadelphia, this is all in Philadelphia. So first of all, this is this is something um it was a young, oh, uh, young woman named Hayes who's taken over um I believe the Pride Coalition um in Philadelphia. And due to the fact that there's I think it was uh, about 11 businesses have actually have uh, documented evidence of um, discrimination uh, towards patrons and people that work there, and and it's primarily people of color. 
So these are 11 gay-owned businesses that have pretty much been discriminating either through dress codes, direct words. Um, you can pretty much find it. It's, it's in the news. It's easy to find. But due to this fact, um, she came up with a pride flag to include people of color. And that's just for Philadelphia. The reactions that have bothered me are the people like, you know, in New York, not in Philadelphia, thinking that somebody is going to take their pride flag away. And that's not the case. I do feel that the flag itself, the idea behind what she's trying to do, I agree with it. The execution could be better. But this is what happens when you don't do the thing, when you're not actually inclusive enough, when people do feel like they're excluded in some way, shape, or form, they're going to try to find ways to bring that group of people to them. And this is what happens. And if you, if every, and a lot of, a lot of people are saying that you know, well, the pride flag already does that. Like, yes, it should. That's what it should be doing. But if your if your personal community or the gay community where you live doesn't feel that way, then the flag can say whatever it wants. If you don't do the thing, then this is where we are. Um, I do like the fact that the flag is actually causing a lot of conversation on this topic. Um, because I feel like a lot of people, when you try to have a conversation on this topic, either feel like they can't comment or they immediately get defensive. Um, so I don't dislike the flag. The flag's more or less for the community in Philadelphia. Um, and whatever makes our community more inclusive, be it a flag, a sign, or just getting people to talk about racial issues in the community, I'm all for it. Well said. There was a, there was a lot of there. I I wrote it down and then I read it and then as I was ready reading it, I was screaming. So there is, there is. I I collected my thoughts. I got my stuff together. No, and that's that's good. And I am glad to open the dialogue. Um, a couple of things have bothered me about this whole thing. One, I don't give a rat's ass what you do with a flag to make it symbolize your group. Yeah, I get that it's for that it's specific to Philly. That's fine. I mean, I as a gay man barely use the rainbow flag when identifying my gayness because I identify as a bear and the bears have a pride flag variation. So for the most part, that's all I really use. I understand why I think it looks hideous. Yes. Aesthetically. The ex- that's where the execution I had an issue with. Well, because there's no execution. Yeah. All you did was add a stripe that's brown and a stripe that's black. That like honestly and, and it makes me even sadder. I didn't I didn't look much into it one because seeing all of this rabid backlash on both sides because honestly Mm -hmm. it's it's both sides it's all sides um if there's one thing that 
we're all in agreement with is that we're just going to yell at each other about this. Um, the what it what it made what it looked like to me was somebody some some white dude with um, with racial guilt was like, how can I make the blacks and browns feel better? I'll slap some some stripes on this flag. They'll feel better about it. Which that's just wrong. Yeah. And, well, <laughs> like, and, it was, and it was a black woman that came up I, with well, it. I, that was that was that, and that messed with me too. That's what kills me. It's like I feel like if you are if you're really trying to to make an effort, the, there are better ways to go about it. Yes, and um, I'll only touch on it real quick. We'll post the link on the Facebook page um, a year ago because I know you had shared the link, BJ. Um, queer witchy woman. There was a blogger, a queer person of color, woman blogger, that had done a pride flag variation to oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. for you know queer people of color. And it was the flag and it had a um a black circle on it with the resist fist and it had all the different shades representing um all the different people of color skin tones. Like that felt like an actual like I really really liked that. I, I the, when I saw you post and I saw a couple of other people post it I was like this this is perfect. This actually somebody took the time to say okay, so we're queer, so we have the pride flag. But then we're also people of color who need to come together and really show our unity. So we have the resist, you know, fist and then it it gradients from, you know, like the the biracial to the darkest of skin colors and i was mm. like this why like right here this is perfect like this this shows me like that it's that variation and it's it's going to be inclusive you know I, I i i don't understand why there wasn't more time taken for this yes my my other issue with it is it's like a band-aid on a bullet wound and that's taken from somebody else. I can't remember who said it on Facebook, but I saw that and it was like, that's the perfect um, analogy for it because there are these excessive documented cases of racism within the community in this town, which is super gay. I mean, it's Philly. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Brian Sims is there. Like, really? <laughs> How much gayer can you get than having Brian Sims as one of your, like, representatives? Mm-hmm. Uh, so hot. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. All right. Oh, come on, only, like, 18 more days until I get to go track him down in Provincetown again. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, but what is a flag going to do? Like, I understand it's, it opens up dialogue. Yeah. I get that. But if you want to affect change just adding two stripes onto a flag what does that do for the community you actually what? have to do the thing exactly you have to... can can we just stop being shitty people yeah like that's i was i had shower thoughts and i'm sitting there i'm like honestly when it boils down to it it's just that we and i use we as a general we are just shitty people no matter what happens like the election we were just shitty people to each other mm-hmm. um this flag controversy we're just being shitty to each other the whole reason for the flag even being made we're being shitty to each other can we just stop being shitty to each other then we wouldn't necessarily need this flag Mm -hmm. and then we wouldn't have this controversy and we wouldn't be screaming at each other on facebook and i will say this 
but as white as I fucking look, I still am <laughs> partially a person of color. I am Hispanic. Like, I know when you see me, you're like, damn, that's one white boy. But I am, I'm half Puerto Rican. I'm half Irish. You know, like I, what, what bothers me and I feel like I haven't said anything on social media either because honestly, I like my sanity. So I try to avoid yep. these types of things um, because it degrades from a conversation into yelling at each other. Um, I, yes, there are a lot of shitty white gay men who are like, the flag is sacred. And they're not really saying the flag is sacred, but they're like, it stands for this. And it's not, I do agree. It's not racial. Like the flag isn't racial. So to add two stripes for races just felt awkward. And yes, maybe these things are meant to make you feel awkward. I get that. But I get also where people were kind of like, whoa, what, huh? And there were some people who had that thought and just kind of had it be what it was. They weren't sitting there trying to argue people. They were just like, this is how I feel about it. All right. I know of other queer people of color who were adamantly against it. Mm -hmm. One person who is much browner than I am that is, you know, it's, he's hardcore, you know, Spanish name, look, everything. And he was just sitting there tearing it apart on Facebook. Not everybody is, not everybody's on board, but again, it's one variant of the flag. I was looking through flag variants. Eric, I was reading them. These to you when we were coming back from Megacon. I'm like, Mm -hmm. Why the fuck are there so many goddamn flag variations? And I mean, if if you want to make a flag variation, go for it. Do you. If that's what you, you know, asexual and femme lesbians and butch lesbians and puppies and the cisgender heterosexual pride, which is all just black and white. I'm like, oh, yeah. that's just, that's a sad flag. Uh <laughs> I'm like, I know, I know that we're just supposed to be so fabulous that we got all the colors, but damn, could we leave them one? Let them have something other than black and white. But my, what's bothered me the most about this entire thing, and I know I just went on a whole tangent there for a second. The thing that's bothered me the most has been the white gaze. And I'm going to quote, put it in quotes because <laughs> I've now started seeing it with little trademark symbols to mm-hmm. try to be like, you know like white girl wasted like that kind of thing where it's meant to denote a specific type of person but for the most part it's not being worded that way it's not being put that way um somebody i'm facebook friends with who i don't have any problem with at all um his facebook status last week was i hate white gays and he's a queer person of color. And I just look at that and I, I stop and I'm like, how does that help solve anything? Just going to create a whole other issue. I get that there are some shitty people out there who are white. There's some shitty people out there that are brown, black, beige, tan, green, red, yellow. Apparently that's all of them. Um, and that wasn't meant to be any type of like racial you know, dig at colors. I should have said green, purple, and blue. But, I mean, personally, know. I'd rather have green skin, but you know, hi, I like green. Um, but it's just causing, like, I get that people are upsetting you. I get that 
the worst is coming out in some people. But to then turn that around and just throw that out there and it's like, well, it's, I'm just, I'm, it's, I don't mean, you know, like I hate white gays. I just, I hate those but, guys. But you just but said you just, that. Exactly. But, that was your status. But you're doing the thing that's being done to you and that's not going to make you a better person. But you can't be, you can't be doing it to white people because they're, you know, you can't be, that's just, it's yeah. not the case. But no, but it, it hurts. It bothers me. You know, I, do I have issues? Do I have internalized race issues? Do I have internalized homophobia issues? Yes, but that's because I'm a 35-year-old gay man here in the States where that's just, as you grow up in a certain time, younger gays don't necessarily have that, but pretty much everybody sitting at this table here grew up with some sort of like, okay, well, I can't tell my folks. I can't tell people. How are they going to react? his hands. Exactly. Yeah. So, yes, those things are there. And I grew up I grew up with the Puerto Rican side of my family. I didn't grow up with the white side of my family. I grew up around Puerto Rican, black, Ecuadorian, like... Hyper macho. Yep. Yeah, well, but not even that. Like, I, I won't even say that. But I grew up around the people of color side of my family. And there is still internalized racism that's there. Like, my mother says some of the most racist shit sometimes. I'm like... You're a Puerto Rican woman, like really, <laughs> but but that's you know, and she was born in you know late fifties, early sixties, and that's just that's ingrained into you, regardless of who you are. And I, so yeah, so do I have issues? Yes. Am I trying to be a better person and, and not have those things be a factor in my life and try to be a better person? Yes. So when I see people sitting there going, "I hate white gays," that bothers me. And it's like, well, you know, if you're not racist, then it, you know, it shouldn't bother you. Fuck you. No, because I'm not going to, I'm not necessarily going to deep dive into your comment section. I'm going to see that. I'm going to get pissed off and then I'm going to possibly unfollow you. And that's not going to open a dialogue. That's just going to sit there and create a bigger rift, Mm -hmm. you know, and it, it just, it's, we need to look at it for what it is. Shitty things have been done. To both queer people and especially shitty things have been done to people of color. Now, when you have that Venn diagram and it overlaps and you have queer people of color, they're getting it doubly bad. So, yes, should we do things to help uh, ease that tension and open it be more inclusive? For sure. Do I always know what that thing is? No, but I want to know. And if people give feedback and say, hey, maybe you should do this or maybe you should phrase this differently. I want that feedback and I'm going to have a dialogue about it. But don't yell at me and say, well, these white gays are the problem and they're all just being racist. About Dialogue it. Like, have a conversation about it. And, and that's, yeah. And if you're listening to us, that would be a perfect thing for you to do on our comment section on our Facebook on our do we still have a myspace um you know when you review us that would be something we would be more than happy to talk about on air this but is hateful, how you do it hateful comments will well, get not, deleted because we don't stand for that shit so yes and then uh, last thing before we move on and it this bothered me the most and i don't know why this bothered me the most because <laughs> it, it really kind of didn't have a whole thing i saw somebody on facebook screenshot 
and posts or like shared a screenshot of a post and it was um the image and article link for the whole babadook um <laughs> queer icon article and it had a picture of the babadook on like with a pride flag backdrop and the person who I, I'm assuming is a from the tiny little thumbnail I could see in the screenshot was a queer person of color was like these white people are are all up in arms about trying to change the add two stripes to a flag but they have no problem putting a fictional character that you know traumatizes little children on their flag and I'm like first off who wants to put the Babadook on a fucking flag I get Nobody. the whole Babadook like I get the whole joke about it and like some of these memes are hysterical, you know, but nobody's like, let's put the Babadook on a flag. Yeah. Like that just things like that are, you know, the quote unquote fake news type things are what incite these like mass online like arguments. And it's like, why? What are you doing? Like, please take a look at what you're doing and like be conscious of, of that. Yeah. And just be better than that. And to all you young, white, too woke for the room, people out there, calm the fuck down. Calm the fuck down. I get it. You woke. You not racist. You love queer people of color. We do too. But you still have in your profile no blacks, no no, Asians, no fats, no (laughs) MS. I saw one of these too too woke for the room white guys in his 20s Say, uh, post a, a status update about RuPaul. You know, for as problematic as RuPaul is, and that you know, and then went into a whole thing, like, and then went into a, another statement that was like a half half ass compliment. And I'm like, do you realize RuPaul is a queer person of color who has been in the mainstream, has main has normalized and been an icon for a gay generation. For multiple generations, like stay in your lane. There are times when, yes, a person can do something that you don't agree with, like the shemale controversy, the hemale or the mini game, and the. And I was, I was trying. I don't know why I was thinking about it, but I was like, had they just emphasized the words differently, it wouldn't. It probably wouldn't have been such a big deal if it had been uh, female or shemale, like you know. Like you like girl, she's a male. Like you know, then maybe that wouldn't have caused such a controversy. But it sparked a conversation, and it it, it started a whole different part of this trans rights movement, which mm-hmm. has been a good thing. So yes, maybe that thing, maybe that part of of RuPaul's history isn't stellar, but she got years and years of fucking working for the community. So you can calm down and stop trying to attack people that have been there from the beginning fucking fighting for your rights to be that woke, too woke for the room millennial gay. Stay in your lane. I just got to go off on, on young white guys, so I feel better about my life now. Got to get off on white guys? What? I've done that many times. Hi, Anywho. Brian. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> so, so that is our, our, our conversation about the... Uh, the Philly Pride flag, if you have non-hateful comments or would like to have a dialogue of sorts, then, like BJ said, hit us up, uh, comment, or tweet at us, send us messages, emails, that whole type of thing. Um, the, other, the other thing that affected our community greatly in this Pride Month 
Um, I don't want to go too too long into it because I know it's still a bit sore subject for a lot of people out there. Um, we just passed, uh, as we're taping this, about 10 days ago, the one-year anniversary of the Pulse shooting. Um, so I know that we have been posting, uh, or we had been posting uh, Drew's episodes and artwork on the Flame On page. Um, and we also shared a link, UCF, um, there were some alums that put together the Drew Project. Uh, so go to the Flame On page and give that a like and give that some support. Um, Jared, I know you did some artwork for one of the uh, the showings. I did, I did. Over at the Palashik Museum, the Summer of Love is the uh, exhibit over there, and my my piece sold, so I'm very happy about that. That's fantastic. It yeah. was a, it was adorable. Thank you. Yeah. Thank uh, you. So, um, did anybody attend any of the memorials? I went to uh, the. Uh, is it remembering our angels or wh- whatever mm-hmm. uh, event was over at Lake Yola on Monday, uh, the day of? Um, but it was, it was good. It was rainy, of course, but um, yeah, yeah, you know, it got pushed back. Didn't pushed it? back half an hour. Yeah, that's yeah. I was able to make that one yeah. too. Yeah, it still took like three hours. Yes, I, <laughs> I I left around nine thirty. I was getting tired, and it was still going on. Um, but it was it was nice to kind of sit and um, bask with with others and you know feel that sense of community again mm-hmm. yeah it it looked like a um a rather large turnout i had to work that night so i didn't go but when we were at the uh at the bar um the cw had there had, was covering it live and um news 13 mm-hmm. Oh, was yeah, covering right. it as well. I was uh, over over by the uh, media tent side of the uh, uh, the the park, so I saw all the news um, news vans and all that. And a couple of my uh, reporter friends were circling around. Uh, nice, all that. Although we were <laughs> we were giggling a little because because it had gone so long, the CW ended up cutting it off at the end, like in that last performance number. Um, because they had to go into their ten o'clock programming, and they were like, "We need a couple of commercials before we go into the show." And um, that was right around the time that I, I forget who was performing at that point, but they were singing and they, you see them all kind of like dance their way off the stage. <laughs> we, we, were, we were giggling to ourselves that she was just going to keep on singing and just dance her way to her car and be like, Ta-da! and I'm out, throw the mic. That way she didn't have to get caught in the traffic because Lord only knows that traffic must have been crazy. Yeah. It took me about two hours to get home and I only live five miles away from there. Yeah. I, I walked. Yeah. That's nice. Look at you. Look at you mm-hmm. being a... Downtown gay. <laughs> Downtown. Come on, Petula Clark. I love it. <laughs> I just keep imagining him in the sitcom opening of That Girl with the hat and oh. the full outfit. <laughs> we need to... That'll be your next promo photo. We'll, okay. we'll do yes. that. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> that just be guy. that gay. That gay. Can be taken two different ways, and yes, I love it. yes. Um, so it has been a year. Um, the center, Two Spirits, um, and some other organizations are uh, providing support and mental um, mental counseling. Uh, I believe help is still out there. dot org 
is uh, one of the direct ways if you need to talk to somebody, if you need any help uh, with any mental uh, mental services, check out the website, reach out, and uh, know that you're not alone and that we are we are all here in spirit as a community to help you get through that. So from, from that section of news and uh, reporting, I feel like we were, I feel like that was like hour one of the Today Show where it's like the actual news. Yeah. Now we go into the entertainment section. Um, we, so are we drinking wine like Kathy Lee and Hoda? That's oh, our <laughs> that's our four. We haven't gotten there yet, Eric. All right, we still got to try and be sober for this. This isn't an episode of Drag Is a New Spandex. <laughs> I was gonna say when we start drinking an hour and a half before we start recording, <laughs> and then spend three and a half hours with Ginger Minge. So let's move on to our entertainment section. Um, we have a little bit of movie news, not a whole a whole bunch. Um, I just want to mention that. We are not going to talk about Wonder Woman on this episode. But we just did. We are not going to talk about Wonder Woman in depth on this episode. (laughs) But all the world is waiting for her and our review of it. (laughs) I know. Well, the funny part is that Pop Culture Happy Hour actually had to, like, for two or three weeks, had to, like, tack on a thing at the end that said, we are going to talk about it. It will be on this day. Like, the episode will come out on this day because they were waiting for Glenn to get back from his two and a half week trip to Australia. So they had to like, they had a, no, it will be coming. We are talking about it. It will be out on this day, which is actually uh, last weekend. So we are going to talk about it in depth. We are going to do a microsode. We're going to have a special guest and longtime Flame On listeners will uh, probably what? guess who that special oh. guest will be. So that'll be coming up very soon. We're actually going to be recording that as our next episode. And that'll be coming out in two weeks from when you hear this. Um, but I'm super excited about this next thing. The trailer for what dropped, VJ? Black Panther. Yes! I, I, my body is ready. I thought my body was ready, and then I watched the trailer, died, and then the trailer resuscitated me and gave me new life. So, and then killed you again. And then killed and me then brought again. you back to life because that's quite honestly how I went through it. I even downloaded. I even found the song on Spotify they use on in the trailer. There's music. I wasn't even paying attention to the music. <laughs> I was I was so taken aback by just everything else that I didn't even realize it was music. Oh yeah, it's um it's fan freaking tastic. Uh, it's lush and vibrant. And unapologetically black. Oh. And it's so, so amazing. I was just like, for for all of for all of the crazy racial stuff that's been spewed back and forth on Facebook, I was just so happy. Like I was just I was like, and there's just black people everywhere. Like it opens with two white guys and then just black people everywhere. Oh, yeah. And there were women and they were fighting and they were oh it just I mean, mm. it opens with Bilbo and Schmeagle talking. Oh so it's pretty much mm-hmm. it's like it's like a Hobbit reunion in the wilds telling, of Africa. Telling riddles about Wakanda. <laughs> oh, true. Oh. But yeah, I'm I'm I I sent the trailer to my entire family. I think it's the first Marvel superhero anything. My grandparents are like, When does it come out? Can we buy tickets now? We'll just wait by the theater. And and it's I'm I'm beyond excited. I, I mean I love the character when they introduced him in Civil War. Yeah. And then they gave you that little taste of Wakanda. Mm-hmm. At the end of it, and now I'm like, yes, yes, I, I want, I want to live here. Sign me up. 
See, I mean, the trailer looks amazing. Obviously, all the cinematography and everything. I just personally know next to nothing about the Black Panther universe. So oh, neither do ca- I. I'm like, I, I'm like, yay! No. All these actors I like, but I have no idea who they're supposed to be. And I'm about the same way. Who's the fighting only, who, and I don't know. The only thing I've learned about Black Panther in the comics are the recent comics, which have all been canceled. Um, Not all you, of them. Are the World of Wakanda? That was canceled. Isn't there still just a solo Black Panther title? Yes. But so not all of them. Not all of them. Black Panther and the crew's getting canceled, but you know. Well, yeah. But um but it's um I don't know. It's it's just after Civil War, because Civil War gave us like a taste, a little something different for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And this it seems like they're like it's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Everything is now developing its finite own style everything it feels like everything feels like a different movie but it's all connected and i it's i don't know it's just something about it was a breath of fresh air for me and i'm like yes i'm i'm all in i'm 100 percent in i don't know anything about black panther aside from uh t'chaka gets killed and then t'challa becomes black panther yeah that's about all i know and that's what we saw in civil war um, I mean, but, I saw somebody with white hair, and I'm like, Storm? No. <laughs> no, it's his mom. Dang, uh, Fox. That's his um, <laughs> mom, his mother. But <laughs> most of the movies that have come out in the MCU, I have not really known much of anything about. I knew nothing about Guardians of the Galaxy before going into that movie. I was not a Doctor Strange reader. Um, I didn't even really touch a Captain America comic book. To be completely honest. So I am absolutely fine with having an entire story told to me through the movie. And I know there's going to be liberties. There's going to be differences. And I'm almost kind of happier that way. Because when you look at something like X-Men Dark Phoenix, which is Mm. um, the next X-Men movie to be uh, be made, I know that Phoenix saga. And when I see the villainous Lalandra... Uh, in the like description for the movie, it makes me want to punch um, <laughs> with Simon, whatever his name is, in the face and go, no, this is not right. And how are you going to do two, two complete sagas in one movie? In this, yeah. Because there's a Phoenix saga and there's a Dark Phoenix saga. But they always seem to skip the Phoenix saga and go straight to crazy Jean Grey and let's kill her. And I feel like you need to, if you're not going to spend three movies building up to like have an actual like real saga like that to do all the parts and yeah. have her get the entity, go insane or, you know, like start to go mad and then have it be that cl- uh, climactic ending, then you need to seed it. They'll, seed it through some movies yeah. and they'll, then they'll get say, to it. They'll say Apocalypse was the first third of it. Yeah. Yeah, because that's where the powers have awakened. Because they're going with the Grant Morrison new X Men. Yeah. Like right before they killed her, killed her. And they were like, oh no, this is just an extension of her powers. She doesn't have the Phoenix, but she has Phoenix like powers. And then he killed her. Phoenix is just the wall of her personality that we pushed to the side. And then the wall fell Mm. down. And then she Uh. was killed by having a stroke. The fuck is that? (laughs) Decade later, I'm still mad about it. Looking at you, Grant Morrison. (laughs) <laughs> anywho but so so with something like that i'm i'm 
critical. I have a critical eye because I know the backstory. With something like Black Panther, I go into it going, fill me with your wisdom. Fill me with your blackness. Everybody go turn it. Uh, I feel awkward now. <laughs> this movie's going to turn everybody black, and I'm completely... There were, there was, uh, there were some like random bait articles out there saying, like, like critics claim Black Panther is too black and too militant. And in my head, I'm like... And in my head, I'm like, I will show them too black and too militant <laughs> if they even hint they are coming for this movie. <laughs> and, my, and I sent that article to my mom, and she's just like, listen, I have a Black Panthers outfit. I'm going to go get it. And she means the old style Black Panthers. So let's be clear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, those articles came out after Luke Cage as well. And quite mm-hmm. honestly, it didn't affect, didn't really affect that that at all so mm-hmm. fuck them so those are uh those are kind of our movie bits for right now we'll uh we'll do a quick little touch on some fun tv sense eight <laughs> i say fun and they go right into this <laughs> I <hate> happy to- <laughs> pride <laughs> <laughs> i hate to say it but quite honestly i'm not one of these people that's like ready to burn netflix to the ground for canceling the show I watched it. I don't. I still haven't watched season two. Um, I watched season one. I watched the Christmas special, and it was fine. It was beautiful. Like I, it was a, but it was very confusing. <laughs> it was yeah. like if you're not paying attention, and I have a habit of doing other things while I watch shows. If you're not like intently watching, and have a diagram of who's who and who's connected to who, you can get lost easily. Mm-hmm. And. This show apparently cost them a shit ton of money to make. Yeah. Well, because well, I've only seen the first episode of season one, so I haven't gotten into it all the way. But from So tell us your expert opinion on the show. From what I've read, or from what I've seen online, from, again, a lot of the Twitter hate of Netflix and everything, all the characters start across the globe and all these places. So obviously they shot on site, which costs lots of money. But by the end of season two, all of them are together in one place. So you don't have all that expense anymore of having to shoot everywhere. But they've spent a shit ton of money yeah. on the show. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, Netflix doesn't tell you how many viewers. They don't tell you what money is made off the show. And honestly, I don't see there being a ton of money to be made through these shows. Yes, you'll get some more some new subscri- subscriptions and new subscribers, but I don't see that being like this giant cash cow that's going to make up for millions of dollars to shoot in eight different locations across the globe. Yeah, even on Blu-ray sales. Seriously, yeah. like it's it's not like it's not cost effective, and nobody. This time frame was the first time that Netflix has ever really canceled anything. Because mm-hmm. everything has always just been, it's shiny, happy. Netflix made it. And okay, we'll get another season and we're going to do this. And it was just kind of like they axed two big name shows within a week of each other. Yep. The Get Down got canceled, which quite honestly, I, I don't mind that either because part two was not as good as part one. No, no. Part two is, yeah. Part two, they started animating shit. And I was like, what the fuck am I watching? 
<laughs> I felt like I was watching the goddamn Fat Albert cartoon. <laughs> I was waiting for the guy with the big the big hat that came down here, which says eye holes. Yeah. Oh, no. I was waiting for him to pop out. That mush like, mouth. Oh. oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, I felt like that's what I was watching at times. And it didn't have as strong of a story in part two. But, you know, I mean, like, honestly, how far can you go with with the get down? Eventually, you're going to come up to current time. Like, mm-hmm. This is really supposed to be a, a history lesson and uh, a story in the past. And you can only get so far before you're in the present. Yeah. But that got canceled. And I was like, okay, well, that sucks. But all right. And then Sense8 got canceled. And goddamn Twitter lost their minds. And it just, it shows you the... the well, it's because people now have that. It's, you know, because when you're watching network television, you're like, oh, okay. Like, I hope this show does well. Because I really want another season. And with Netflix, I think for a couple of years, we, we didn't have that fear with Netflix because we were like, everything's so great. And now like. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Everybody's like, oh shit. No, that, they can cancel that shit if it's... I mean, this wasn't the first time Netflix had ever canceled anything. I mean, Hemlock Grove... Only did two seasons, I think. I thought they did a third. Because nobody was watching it. Exactly. Because yeah. it wasn't good. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Once, once people are... Because, I mean, they, they, it came out at the same time as what? Uh, Orange is the New Black and House of Cards mm-hmm. and Hemlock Grove. Those were their first three shows. And people were like, Hemlock Grove? What is that? Two of them were obviously better than the other. I know Hemlock Grove was much better than Orange is the New Black. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to like Orange is the New Black. I just kind of was like, I'm like, uh, it's 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 the show. Or it's the it's the lady that doesn't know. How the, it's the same person that wrote Weeds, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And Weeds was great, but it went on like five seasons too long. And I feel like that's what they're going to do with Orange is the New Black. Well, because I mean, it's only 13 months in prison. Yeah. Like, and we're on our fifth season. Like every episode is about three hours of a day like seriously <laughs> a lot happens and not much time has passed so eventually they're gonna have to something's gonna have to happen yeah although i will say this about orange is the new black i cannot stand the main storyline but all the side quests are fantastic yep all all the other characters that are in jail with her like i could care less about piper she is annoying she is privileged she is just a pain in the ass but everybody else has a really sad backstory, and I feel bad for them. Even the crazy stalker lady. Like, yep. They all, like, tugs in your heartstrings a bit. 
But anyway, so Sense8 got canceled. Twitter went into an uproar. And we got to see mob mentality again online. Uh, because then you have the hashtags and bring back Sense8 and like all, all these things. And the, the problem nowadays is in the past you would do a letter writing campaign and you would just be like all right i wrote my letter and i sent it on and i'm good now with social media you could fucking tweet and tweet and tweet and tweet and they were like other tweets for other things that netflix would put out there people would just start hijacking the threads and start all this shit although one of the funniest ways to troll them was people would just start putting all the lines, the lyrics to uh, Four Non Blondes, What's Up? Mm-hmm. And it would just be tweet after tweet, would just be the, the, the words to the song. And I, was sit- I sat there and I was just like, and I'm just singing the song as I'm going <laughs> through the tweets. I'm like, I'm just going to have a little karaoke moment right here myself. Um, but after about two weeks, a week and a half, Netflix finally uh, responded and basically told people to chill the fuck out. It was canceled we ain't got and that no was more money. it. Well, but that's the thing. And honestly, for once, I was behind Netflix on it. Things happen. Business decisions are made. That doesn't mean you shouldn't voice your opinion. You Just can. do it in a constructive way. Okay, sign a petition. That's great because other shows have been brought back from... They have. But the problem is that it's gone from... People go off the rails. That's yeah. it. Yeah. People... It, it, the letter writing campaigns, the the you know the trying to do things and the petitions and and the online the online petitions can work, but when you are just hardcore trolling and flooding their Facebook and their Twitter, what the fuck is that going to get you? Honestly, nothing, because it's only going to for something like this where they're spending millions upon millions upon millions of dollars for actors and and locations and filming and and production. It's only going to make them sit there and go, no, even harder. Like, just, it's not going to happen. Exactly. They may start, may, may listen if everything stays positive. The second you go negative on everything else, they're going to be like, well. And everybody wants it right now. Yeah. Right now. It's got to come back right now. It's yep. not going to happen. If it comes back, it's going to be a couple of years down the line because they have to recontract everybody. And yep. Come on, Veronica Mars. How many years after that? Oh, Serenity man. and Firefly. How many years after that? Like things can happen, but the thing is, everybody wants it right this second, and they're gonna keep on trolling the Twitter account until it gets done. Just let it be. Let them know that there there is a fan base out there. They want to see it, and maybe things will happen. Anyway, so that's Sensate. If you if you are one of those people that is trolling Netflix, please stop. It's just annoying. So we go from trolling. Twitter trolling on Sensate to Twitter Gah! trolling on Drag Race. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if only Valentina would tell those Sensate people to stop trolling Netflix. <laughs> All of a sudden, you would just see eight eight of the people emo- people emojis it would, it would, it, it, just it, it, everywhere. It, it would go from "What's up" lyrics to just roses, <laughs> and roses, and roses. Just send them roses. <laughs> So RuPaul's Drag Race Season 9 is coming to a close. When this episode releases, it will be the airing of the finale. We have a top four, which is something new. Y'all wanted a twist. Here comes the twist. So instead of a top three, where it's just, okay, it's a reunion, and we're just going to do bullshit stuff in between, to um, the top four are in there. There's no reunion. That got aired this past, uh, this past week. 
Um, and it's a sudden death lip sync battle. Okay. I like uh, it. LL Cool J and Chrissy Teigen came out and hosted. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, which you know they came up with a format before they even cast the show, and it was like because if you look at other seasons that got down to top four. The fourth place winner on some of those seasons was a lot more deserving than I'll say Peppermint should be fourth place. That's my fourth person. But no, I I I agree. I mean, Chi Chi Devane should have been in in the finale over Naomi Smalls. Ben the Creme should have been your top four instead of Darian Lake. It's always been contentious in that fourth and fifth spot area. The, for, for the past few years. But this time around, they said all four of you going in, and then you're going to fight to the death. Basically, Drag Race Thunderdome. And if you've read the spoilers, you know this shit going to get ugly. Some of us stay away from Reddit. Uh, listen, <laughs> Same. that's fine. That's, I'm not going to say nothing about it. I've been good. I told Brian. I didn't tell you. <laughs> I was sitting there like I was gagged. I was like, I literally that Saturday after the finale was taped, I'm like, I need to know. I need to know. I go to Reddit. I'm looking. And it's like full rundown. I'm like, and we're in. <laughs> and I'm reading. I'm reading. I was like, <laughs> all right. Well, hey. And then they gagged you with the reunion. Ah, well, <laughs> so, so yeah. So the the top four will battle it out, and one will be crowned um, on this finale episode but this past week was the reunion which has always been kind of an innocuous thing because it's been at the live finale so it's two or three at a time and rue asked them questions tries to get them to cry you know just some bullshit stuff that happens and it's never anything really much this time around they went back to the old format where it was rue and the girls all sitting in a semicircle talking shit to each other And shit got real. Shea Coulee held no punches. She said, fuck that. I'm coming for y'all. She brought her receipt book. She She pulled out a binder. She was like, yo, mom was a coupon. She's like, I got a receipt for that. I got a receipt for this. All right. Uh, Trinity Taylor said, fuck y'all. I don't care. Um, Pheromone. Pheromone. (laughs) Pheromone had a personality. and It was fantastic. She told a joke. That was funny. Oh. Missed the mark. <laughs> Better late than never, I guess. I just love the fact that Rue like, had to stop and go, can I just point out the pheromone told a joke and told it well? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, damn you, Rue, for being super shady. <laughs> like, She didn't want to let that joke go. And be like, oh, look, now she can be funny. Oh. Um, but they, they, they came for each other, quite honestly. Except for like a couple of people. A couple people kind of stayed out of it. James Mansfield... They said one thing the entire show. Oh. Was it, that the one that was on Twitter? Or did Twitter air the one that was actually cut from the No, it was footage? the read of Valentina. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had, a, I had a really good read for Valentina, but I forgot the rest of the words. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only thing she said. Yeah. Nothing else the entire episode. <laughs> um, Cynthia barely said anything until the end where she had to give up her Miss Congeniality um, she would have just Award. said cuckoo, 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 anyways. <laughs> Pretty sure that's all it was. That's all I heard. Um, I heard the, I heard the uh, primal scream that Lee Dawson uh, puts over cuckoo in his, in his brew caps. Um, 
But they came for Charlie. They tore her ass apart uh, because she was making excuses and then she was changing her excuses and all this this stuff. They just came for her. Kamora Black was there too. I don't know. She was doing something. She ripped on Nina. She apparently well, I mean, she she tried to she tried to call out Nina, Nina. and then basically kind of just passed the baton to Shay and <laughs> and she, then and then told and then made it known to the world that if you're gonna tell Kamora Black a joke, you need to say JK at the end of it. Yes. <laughs> No matter what the joke is. It's like, why did the chicken cross the road? Why? To get to the other side. JK. And then she'll <laughs> laugh. She'll know it's a joke. Um, but they tore apart Charlie. They, um, they, they, they came for Valentina. And they came for Valentina. Over and over again. And I cackled all the way home. <laughs> Um, they called her out for a bunch of shit. And honestly, it's all the shit that I've been saying since early on in the season. I did not like this girl. I did not. She was, there was something about her. You knew it was fake. And they all just called it out at the reunion. And it was fantastic. And the big part of it, which I'll try to do an abbreviated thing of it, is Alexis started the conversation with the fact that her... Fans on Facebook and Twitter and whatnot all are hateful, evil trolls. Her diehard stands, as they like to call them on Reddit. Valistans. Valistans. <laughs> I know. Um, they were putting comments of like, you're fat and you should die. You should have uh, you should have offered to eliminate yourself over Valentina. And she stayed quiet about it. And this is an offshoot of a conversation that Oral and I had when we were doing our recaps of All Stars, when it was there, when Fifi was talking about it and how people were sending her death threats online. And I said then that RuPaul, of all people, should be the one should be one of the voices that says this is fucking unacceptable. I bring these girls onto the show to elevate them and give them a wider audience you would not have seen you probably potentially would not have seen these girls if you did not live in this town that they work in or that they're from chill the fuck out it's a television show you can have your opinions and you can if you want to put it out there fine but to come for somebody to attack them online on their their posts and their feeds and whatever it's just wrong and now, the fact that Valentina, her hardcore crazy fans are sitting there doing it, and then she stays mum about it, because a lot of the girls will say something about it. They'll respond back. They'll see something, or if another girl calls them up and says, listen, your fans are attacking me for, for this, mm-hmm. they'll make statements. They'll post comments. They'll put a video up. And Valentina did nothing, nothing for it. In fact, she said she tried to say, "Well, I try to try to stay away from social media." When she was doing all kinds of Instagram pre-show, mm-hmm. Shay's like, "I got that receipt too," because <laughs> Shay was like, "Um, you want to say that you're not all up on social media, but when we worked in Montreal, you were on there checking every like, every follow, every post," and Valentine was just like. Whoop. Because she knew she got called out on it. You're just jealous. <laughs> because she's she's like Selena. 
in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the end of the day, she owed it to these people who are her sisters to step up and post a video, make a post. When you don't have to go through and read every single comment to know, you can you can post a video. Because after that, she did post a video and told her fans, when you want to send hate, go put roses instead. So what do these crazy motherfuckers do? Flood all these bitches, Twitters and Instagrams, which is roses. <laughs> I'm like, that. that's almost more annoying. Mm-hmm. So the the last thing I'll say about Valentina, because it just makes me mad, is there is actually a really good article that I'll put up on um, on our Facebook page that talks about how like this whole thing with Valentina has just like it's shown the evil side of fans and RuPaul's Drag Race, and it's it's incredible because people look at her like, oh my god, she is the next coming of this amazing star. And that bitch has got some shady ass things in her past too, but she'll sit there and her fans will tell you, "Oh no, she she would never do that." Here are the receipts, just like Shay. <laughs> Here's the receipts, and you know who called her out? You know what Twitter account called it out? Little Pound Cake. God, <laughs> God bless I, Little Pound Cake. Because of course, Little Pound Cake was Little Pound Cake. So that's that's uh it's a really good read. It's really long. There's a lot to it. I'll post it on um on the Facebook page. Um so we'll touch on there's some revivals coming up. As I just segue right out of out of Repulse Drag Race <laughs> seamlessly. Uh we have there's gonna be a, a reboot of Roseanne with the original cast. Um that's gonna be coming up in the near future, which I then just started to read the fact of um Roseanne's uh, political support and I'm like maybe I don't want to watch the show no more <laughs> she's been politically crazy for a number of she years well, I know she has and I know that abs- she's run as the like Whig party candidate yep but for her like out and out support apparently I think John Goodman um, there's some contention between the two of them because of uh, because of her political support and uh, we got a release date Another fantastic segue right on out of there. Uh, <laughs> Wait, we got a release date for Roseanne? No. We got a release date for the Will and Grace reboot. Uh, that's going to be coming out September 28th as part of the fall lineup for NBC. I didn't think I'd be excited about that. And then when they released that, that long trailer where the original cast was back on set, I was like, yeah, I'm back. I'm in. I sent it to my mom. She's like, yep, I'm going to be watching it too. I'll watch it. I'm still not. Like I watched that whole like, four-minute number but i don't know the the ending was weird and it was awkward it'll be interesting to see how they backtrack on it yeah that that was the other thing is their retcon i'm like i've never thought i'd have to use the term retcon in a in a sitcom how are they doing the roseanne revival oh, oh they have to retcon an entire season i mean wasn't <laughs> i don't because they're bringing dan back to <laughs> life yes. wasn't that season a dream though because dan was dead yeah, yeah. oh he, yeah he yeah. died on the season finale of the previous season and then she went crazy and it was the, she, like wrote a, a fever dream wrote a short story of- <laughs> yeah but it it's i don't know if you're not bringing back uh Bobby Carnavale and uh, and Harry Connick Jr. for the whole thing. Then I I just don't know how I feel about you. <laughs> and I don't know. Are they? 
Somebody out there, let I me know. Is, uh, I heard. is George Clooney coming back? George Clooney was in Roseanne. Oh, uh, yep. Oh, okay. I was still on Will and I went back to Will and Grace, but um, <laughs> we should get Clooney on uh, on there. Which Becky is coming back? That's what I want to know. Oh yeah. They say I she's the they same, but she's ba- not the I same. I hope they just go back and forth. Each episode, it's a different. <laughs> I would. I would love everything. <laughs> Can I tell you something? And this is gonna. This is my 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 really kind of maybe sad side. I watched all three seasons of uh, Girl Meets World. Aww. It's actually a really cute show. It actually is. a really cute show. And they did the um, the quote unquote Boy Meets World reunion episode. And I forgot that there were two Morgans. <laughs> and they brought both of them back in and literally had both of them sitting next to each other in the episode. And then at one point, um, I think one of them there was like a, they were giving a little speech. And then the first the first Morgan said the first half of it and then got up and left. And the other one came and sat down and finished the speech. <laughs> It was the best use of like having a recast mid like midway through the show mm-hmm. ever. It was fantastic. Uh, but yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see how these shows. Unless it goes more like when the they did a reunion of Fresh Prince and the one aunt even didn't even get asked to come back for. Oh yeah. <laughs> Poor oh. original Aunt Viv. Oh. Oh, how we loved you. Oh. Anywho, um, real quick, we won't go too, too much into it, but Steven Universe finished out its fourth season. We had a Steven Bomb, Steven Bomb 5. Oh, God. And we had a Memorial Day 4 episode. I was like, I like this four episode in one night thing. Like, this is how it should be done. <laughs> As opposed to, I've got to wait, and then you're going to dole out five episodes over, you know, five weeks. Like, just give all four of them to me right now. Yep. Um... It the Steven bomb. I think we had talked about. We had mentioned quickly in the last uh, cast recording where there just wasn't a lot that happened. Mm-hmm. Aquamarine, Topaz, like all right, it was what it was, and it kind of left off in a spot where you were like the action finally picked up, and then the episodes were over. Like that bomb episode, that set of episodes were over. Then Memorial Day happened. And shit got crazy. It's a buffet. It was oh. just a buffet of everything story you could want. They were like, so we haven't really moved this story along in a bit. We haven't really moved it along. We pushed it down an entire football field. Like, it just gave you story for days. Um, and I think two of the biggest things to come out of it, correct me if I'm wrong, um, has finally been the accusation that Yellow Diamond was the one who killed Pink Diamond. Potentially. Which, when that happened, I, I caught on about, like, 12 seconds before it was said. And I was like, oh, shit. I didn't even yeah, think like, about like, that. Yeah. Like, like, when, like, when the um, lawyer, the Pearl, with, yeah. with Zircon, was that? Yeah, it was like, Zircon. When the Zircon was talking, yeah. right, and I was like, oh, my God. I know. Mm-hmm. It, starts, it starts going through. It starts going through. And you start piecing it together. And you're like, wait, wait. Oh my God! Yellow, <laughs> and it and it made me feel so dumb because the whole time, the entire series, we'd have we've had flashbacks for everything, but not that. Mm-hmm. We've we haven't had any talk of it, and I'm like, these bitches don't actually know what happened. Everybody's just assuming. Well, I was like, there's a little talk of it. There's and a the, little. The only thing that we have that we've seen so far that depicts anything of it 
is the cave drawing. There's a mural yeah. on the wall that has Rose Quartz facing off against Pink Diamond. But that's about it. Yep. So to have that revelation, like I've watched a bunch of, because when you watch one fan theory conspiracy you video, gotta, yeah. you end up falling in that rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. And like five hours later, you're like, I think I've watched 4,000 videos at this point. Um, now, is and, there a fourth diamond? Is there there's a white a, yes. diamond? White diamond. Yes. Okay. But I don't know. <laughs> Elizabeth Taylor comes out and puts her on the table. <laughs> <laughs> These have always brought me luck. And then walks away. One of my theories is that white diamond is actually a fusion of the three other diamonds, but oh. she can't exist anymore unless. Right. So they'll never be her ever again because pink's gone. Yes. Or she could be an actual, like, she lords over them. So there's one more mm-hmm. level of, like, authority. Well, the the theory is that when they go to, um, when the rubies take them to the moon base, or the, the homeworld base, and they go up, they, when they're going up the stairs and they have all the, the things on the wall, it shows, it depicts all four diamonds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. White, yellow, uh, blue, and pink in that order. And then they have... Um, what look to be celestial bodies around them. And the theory is that that shows what they control. Mm-hmm. And White oh. Diamond has the most around her. Blue has less, um, or I'm sorry, yellow has less. Blue has a few. And then Pink only had one, which um, they feel like she was the lowest ranking or the youngest of them. Oh. And she only had Earth under, like, was her dominion. Mm-hmm. So hmm. it's. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how White Diamond plays into the whole thing. Um, and then the other the other thing that, that shook me to my core was in the the last episode of this this four pack was when um Lars had sacrificed himself, put himself in harm's way to save um the adorable other gems from Homeworld. Oh the off colors? <laughs> oh, I love That's the right. off-color so much. I don't know. The off-color sapphire got on my nerves. <laughs> that was my favorite. I she was my favorite. Predictions that have already happened. I just She'd come over and be like, Steven would be standing there. She'd be like, fum, fum, fum. a stranger is going to come. Oh, no, he's right there. Like, <laughs> like, that was my favorite part of it. Was we her, know. Was after the entire battle's over. We should hide. Someone's coming. <laughs> Bitch, we got it. She was my favorite. Um, and ends up getting killed and Steven cries over him and normally he's got to spit on people in order to heal them because that was how his Rose's healing powers activated through him but he actually healed him like Rose did because she she had healing tears and he came back pink some floofy hair floofier hair and then Steven had him tilt his head down and he went into his hair and he came up in a field and he couldn't breathe and he looked over and there was the mound with bismuth and the chest and the and the uh, Steven the Mr. Mr. Universe shirt and my heart my heart broke because that means Lion is dead Lion died and Rose brought him back Lion's a zombie I know now here's the question though I'm wondering does that mean that if Rose brought Lion back and Lion will sometimes do what Steven says 
does that mean Lion is a thrall of Rose Quartz? Thus making, essentially making Lars a ghoul or thralled revenant thing. Does he have to do what Steven says? Because effectively he's immortal. We at least know that. Because Lion is like over 3,000 years old. I don't think... I don't think Lion does what Steven tells him to do. No. So there's some free will in there. Oh, I think there's, I think it's all free will. Yeah. Because, I mean, there are times when Steven's like, do this. And Lion's just like... I think mm-hmm. I think Lion was just very connected to Rose and f- follows the gem. Doesn't necessarily agree with everything Steven says, but Lion still understands. He's there, he's there to help. He's there, yeah. he's there to help yeah. Rose Quartz. Yeah. yeah. Um, but what... I want I want them to at some point turn around and and try to make uh, Lars bark to open up a portal. Oh my god, <laughs> that would well, be amazing. Oh god. Well, the thing is, do we know that lion is an earth lion? No, we don't know much so, about yeah, it. So we but... so we don't know if the portal, like lion's bark portals, are something. If he's a space lion, if that's just something the he had. The only um, reason why I I analog it to earth lions is because they've sh- they showed rose with a pack of lions mm-hmm. oh, okay so i'm assuming that one of those maybe it was her favorite of the mm-hmm. of the pride that died and she cried onto the lion and he came back as the pink lion that we uh, that we know um but that was just we'll, we'll find out more hopefully yeah. and it just it broke my heart because i was like oh He's dead, or he died. Because if Lars can, that means he can go home. <laughs> so say it. Oh. I I did love the fact that they were trying to put Pull his like into, his, Lars own into <laughs> his own head portal. Yeah. Um. So that's some TV. We're gonna kind of skip. We're not skip through, but we'll we'll mention this real quick. E three happened. Um. Bj, I will task you with this. Mm-hmm. There was some some fun announcements. Out of E3, um, give me your top one, and then I will task you to put up some articles about some of your other favorites and tag yourself, like, you know, in the, the little things so our listeners know um, with some of your other favorite things. That way we'll have one now, and then they can they can check out our Facebook page for more E3 highlights from you. Sure. What's your favorite thing from E3? Um, I actually, I got a... I didn't think it would be. It came out of left field uh, with the gameplay trailer, Spider-Man. I actually, I have a weird love for some sp- old Spider-Man games, but this one, the combo system, the free travel system, it's and it seems like it obviously takes place, you play as Peter Parker well into his adult years, but the last two minutes, or the last like 30 seconds of the trailer, gut-punched me with him stopping a rampaging helicopter and one of the people filming it on their cell phone is Miles Morales mm-hmm. and Genki. So we may get to play as Miles Morales Spider-Man in this game. It could be a DLC. I'm just excited that they included the character in the game and we'll get to have more um, Spider-Man mythos. We've got um, a whole bunch of um, organized crime stages, apparently, or missions. Um, so, yeah, I'm... I'm it was something I really didn't think I'd be excited about, and it it gut punched me. It's a look pretty cool. I saw yeah. that. I saw that trailer. It was uh, looks like it'll be fun. 
Uh, the other thing that we'll mention real quick is Daddy Dater. Apparently there oh, is Dream Daddy. Oh, Dream Daddy. I'm sorry, Daddy Dream Dater. Daddy. That's a whole other website. <laughs> That's Steam. Uh, it's by the Game Grumps guys too. They made it. Well, all right. Right. Uh, just, yeah. Dream Daddy. Hugo. All about that Hugo. <laughs> so um, give us a quick, a quick little rundown on uh, Dream Daddy. Dream Daddy's a dating, sim, uh, one of those dating sim games. Um, so if anybody's played Helpful Pigeon. It's where you date a pigeon. Hotful uh, boyfriend. Hot, hotful boyfriend. Yes. Yes. Um, what, about, what about the horse prince one? That has not been released here, but I want to play that so bad. If not, oh, is it just released in Japan? I is think that, so. Uh, okay. I I need I need a horse boyfriend in my life because I always spam those <laughs> pictures to my friends and they hate me forever for it. Um, but Dream Daddy is you have your choice of you you just moved to the neighborhood, and I'm. 90 percent yeah you play as a guy i think there's an option you could play as like a, a girl no, you're uh, i thought you were like just a daddy meeting other daddies yeah. that are in the area yeah you're a daddy meeting other daddies in the area and you get to pick a daddy to date um and yeah the and there's like they they cover the entire gambit you've got a you've got the ginger bear you've got a hot indian daddy it's hugo it's my, that's my first pick um You've got um, you've got your your muscle daddy, so yeah, you're get to pick your daddy, and date him. Um, so I'm very excited. I think that that drops July 13th, so just next month. That's fun. I'm gonna play the crap out of it. Come on, dream daddy. All right, so we're gonna do uh, we're gonna do some comics talk. I'm a uh, I'm I'm more on the Marvel side. Um, anybody here? Do uh, DC or independent comics? Okay, those blank stares tell me no. Uh, so we'll hit on this, a couple of this things. This is the segment of the podcast where I shut off. Yeah, it's been a while like, since I've read comic books. Like two thirds of the the other segments. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love it though. You you chimed in for uh, for the daddy dater. Yes. <laughs> Jared's like, daddies. I'm in. I'm here. Well, you know, Father's Day had just passed. No. <laughs> oh. I got to be daddy. Ah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Happy Father's Day to you. <laughs> Daddy's Day. Right. All right. So we'll, uh, we'll touch on a couple of Marvel comics. Uh, and then hopefully we'll get, um, we'll, get, we'll get a couple of our comics reading crew members together to do a, uh, another micro like we did that one time where we did a really deep dive on comics because... I know we have we have some comics fans out there that that have been a little disappointed in our comics coverage lately. They need I'm, love. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. They may not be disappointed, but I know that they're they enjoy when we talk all and give our opinions. All two of them. All, all two of them. Um, Hi, Ron. <laughs> Ron's boyfriend listening. Hi, Steve, in North Carolina. We just saw it Heroes Con. It was delightful. Um, so. First and foremost, uh, a couple of episodes back in the feed, you will see that we talked to Cena Grace of uh, such fame as Not My Bag, uh, Little Depressed Boy, Self-Obsessed, and now Iceman from Marvel Comics. Uh, episode two dropped today, I believe, and uh, it's it's cute. It's really kind of cute. I... So I have this weird thing I have with comic book characters. It's the reason I like Spider-Man so much. Older Bobby's life is kind of a mess, and I love it when superheroes have to kind of get their shit together. 
Because I'm like, you can't be handsome and have superpowers. I'm sorry, but you can't. Um, I like it. I mean, it's it's very it's very it's very human, and his his relationships in at least in uh in issue one, like especially with his parents, that's some visceral real shit. Oh yeah. Is, is he still reeling from being outed by his younger self? No, they've kind of gotten past that piece of it. And now he's really just kind of figuring himself out and how he relates to the world. And this mm. is and this is only older Iceman, right? Yes. This isn't because a Iceman lot of younger all. Iceman's romantic adventures take place in X-Men Blue. Okay. So there is an outlet for it. So it's nice to actually see one of the original five, original five, um, original, original five, I should say, being focused on. Um, I do enjoy the fact that they moved to Long Island. His parents moved to Long Island. Yeah, I know it's all set in New York, but it's just I just see them as being the uh, the uppity uh, the uppity repressed Long Islanders that don't want to know that their son is gay. Uh, but Cena does a great job giving him a relatable voice that doesn't make me want to punch him in the face. Yeah, still uses all the puns because <laughs> it wouldn't be Iceman if you didn't use puns. Um, but it's a it's actually a really good read, and if you are an X-Men fan, if you are any part of the LGBTQIA plus spectrum, um, check it out. Give it a read. Support queer creators, especially for mainstream, one of the big two, to have uh, an out and proud gay man being the writer and the uh, driving force behind it. It's, um, it's fantastic. And actually, I think uh, another out and proud homosexual... Um, is doing the covers. Kevin Watt is doing... He leased um, issue number one's cover. Did he? Oh, yep. okay. Fantastic. Um, so go check it out. I believe issue two just dropped. Uh, so, go, so go get that. Support it because we want it to be around for a while. Uh, Cable came out. That was my... my like I've been waiting for it. I've been wanting Cable to come back into his own series. Um, I want to see issue two because issue number one felt like there wasn't a lot to it. And I'm sure it's setting up a bigger picture. Mm. Um, so I will be very interested to see how it goes. And I know uh, the September solicits came out. And I know that it's going to have its like fifth or sixth issue by then. So it'll be moved into a an actual like storyline at that point. But this first issue was a lot of time traveling. Cable looked like Cable again. He looked like 90s Cable. Big jacked, big metal arm, not like crazy like skinny robotic arm with the long fingers, like, you know, he's going to be in a claw machine. Like, I was just happy to see Cable looking like Cable again. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jean Grey. I did not expect to like Jean Grey as much as I did, but I am all in. Like, like It's hopeless. Come on. I, 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 I just, I, I mean, I love, I love, I love, <laughs> what is it? <laughs> Punky Brewster telekinetic Jean taking on the wrecking crew and being very unapologetic about her powers and her shit. Yeah. I am very happy of her being like, no, the Phoenix is coming. You idiots. Seriously. Like, yeah, I, I, I love it. She's got, she's cause she's gotten a view of her history from everybody else. Does she have the Phoenix yet? Nope. No, okay. it basically kind of had a premonition of like, I'm coming for you. And, She's trying to figure out how to deal with it because she doesn't want to. Re- she doesn't want history to repeat itself. Um, so she's kind of freaking out about it, which then leads into issue two. Like end of issue one is basically kind of like 
the phoenix appears to her and then episode two which has an awesome variant cover where it's um it's a takeoff of i think a i think a norman rockwell painting yeah where it's the 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 two heads it's young gene and um like hope and then hope turns around and is and it's like all the phoenix force hosts and it goes through oh, okay. like and then at the end it's like you know um uh young gene or uh, old gene to, uh, to old like you know crazy gene to the phoenix to the phoenix and then it ends with young gene again and it's just it's an awesome variant cover fantastic yeah. Um, but the second episode, uh, second episode, the second issue brought in the other Phoenix Force hosts that we kind of know of. It brought in Magic. It brought in um, Hope. It brought in Rachel, Quentin, and kind of like this whole, how do I deal with this type of thing? And that's going to be a lot of, at least this initial part of the story is going to be. What are they doing? Group therapy? Kind All of. Down? Well, well, Quentin, Quentin just keeps shooting her in the face with psionic bullets, <laughs> trying to get to her deeper issues. And he's just like, you're fucked. And, and Magic's like, embrace that shit. And everybody else just, just kind of standing there like, we don't think it's going to happen. And, but just the idea that Magic's out of all of them is like, no, take it on. That shit's cool. Like, I love Magic so much. I, like, it, it just it, it makes me laugh that like they make it seem that Rachel was like so horribly scarred by it mm-hmm. she i think out of everybody had the most control over the phoenix because she was phoenix for a long time yeah and i think only lost it when she got like lost in space and time and then came back as not phoenix rachel like it, it just it's i feel like she should be more of a a presence there and they're kind of downplaying it mm. and ever since that one awkward encounter where it was like alternate timeline daughter meet pulled from the past mother of a different timeline it, like I, I want them to be more interaction between between rachel and uh and gene yeah and hopefully hopefully hopeless will give it to us um but i will say that the may numbers for comics across the board or at least uh dc and marvel were released gene mm-hmm. gray came in at i believe it was number 14 for the month of may um, as the top selling, the fourteenth top selling book of the month. Oh wow! And it was the top selling X title of the month. Nice. Only losing out to I think about four other, five other, five or six other Marvel books, which included all three uh, issues of Secret Empire and Guardians of the Galaxy and a couple of other books. So it's doing well, which we Good just deal. need to keep supporting it, so that way it'll continue on. X Men Blue and Gold are still doing well. Um, we're moving on with those storylines, so nothing too major happened. They brought Gambit back into the fold a bit, hmm. and uh, some more with the the new uh, Brotherhood of Mutants. And I know that in the solicits, there's going to be more coming down the line with the new Brotherhood and what's going on there. So the last thing um, that I will touch on real quick in our comics section is uh, Secret Empire. We're now four issues into the, I think, 10-part series because this will go until September or the end of August. And then in September, we, uh, we kind of get the, we get the Omega issue. Um, it's insane. Yeah. And I love it. Yeah. There was <laughs> like that. There's the left turn happening with like, oh, wait, here's like 
some sort of ethereal Steve Rogers in some place with all of his dead friends. And you're like, wait, what? So this Steve Rogers might not actually be Steve Rogers. CBR released a um, an article with a theory on who and what is going on with Steve Rogers. And it is a good read because I didn't follow... I don't follow Captain America until um, this Captain America... Uh, Steve Rogers series started leading into Secret Empire. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's actually, it stems back to the original Civil War and the assassination of Captain America uh. and what this whole thing could mean. And if that's the way that it goes, it'd actually be a really cool way to do the storyline. Um, but yeah, getting the other Steve Rogers at the end of two, um, Hydra Punisher at the end of three, that dinner party with <laughs> Ultron Pym was ridiculous but awesome all at the same time like that was kind of, that was actually kind of wonderful i was like this is the oddest way to do an entire issue of a comic book in a major series like a major event but it was so perfect for what it was mm-hmm. and at the same time was so on the head like ultron was almost a voice of reason he's like we're we, you're just being an asshole and you're just being an asshole and this is why we can't get along <laughs> Like, can y'all not realize this? And I was like, come on, Ultron. I'm glad that you got this. Um, and then they reveal at the end that there is a, uh, a a secret agent in the resistance camp at the end of four. So each issue has really kind of hit it home with uh, with some very crazy and fun stuff. And I'm, I am totally on board with Secret Empire. Yes, do I think some of this stuff is weird and kind of crazy do i think that people blew this shit up way out of proportion before it even started yep because if you actually take the time to read it it's a it's a damn good it's a damn good story the art's a little wonky like there's a couple different people on art and i don't necessarily love the art for the the book but story-wise it's fantastic so that's our quick little run through on comics. If you have comics that you want us to talk about or tr- uh, check out, uh, comment, tweet at us, email us, and uh, and let us know. And we will get Oral and Brian and BJ myself to sit down and we'll go through and do some in-depth uh, comic book talk in the very near future. So we are going to end our show. We're going to do a quick round of this. Uh, this is our one-up segment. This is what is giving us life. I want echo and a thunder clap. Life, life, life. Um, there you go. Very good. Uh, this is what's giving us life this month in the uh, in in the world. So, BJ, I will uh, pass it over to you and have you start us off with your one up of this uh, this month. Um. So my one up this month is I have started a writing endeavor. I'm starting a lot of side projects. I don't know why. I don't know what's wrong with me. Um. Uh, while at Tidal Wave, I was chatting with a friend of mine, um, Eric Michaud. Don't know if you guys know him. Um, he recently got married. Um, and he was just talking to me about how he's learning different things about being married. And um, his husband is Asian. And how he didn't realize how much racism and stuff his husband's gone through. And they sat down to watch A Christmas Story. And he forgot about the part where they make fun of the waiter at the Chinese restaurant. And he was like, let's watch something else. 
And um, he said it was a learning curve. And just everything he was telling me about him learning how to be more accepting and everything um, with, in his relationship and with his husband and like being like, no, this shit's not okay. I started uh, the beginning process of writing a web series called uh, Learning Curve. And each season's about somebody who is either dating somebody that's transgendered, a different race, um, is dating outside their comfort zone and is like, oh fuck, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. And it's just something that I really, really like the idea of doing. I mean, I've never written anything like this, so Lord knows it's going to go through about 50 rewrites when I finish episode one. But um, yeah, no, I'm, I am starting the process of writing a web series. Or a, or a podcast radio show, so we'll find out. Nice. All right, Eric, what is giving you life? Well, a couple of weeks ago was the Tonys. Tony, 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 Tony. Tony. <laughs> so the musical uh, group Tony, Tony, Tony. Yes. Oh, okay. They performed on the Tonys. Yes. Tonyception. Um, I was no. like, Boys to Men Light performed <laughs> at the Tonys, though. Although it was no part of Boys to Men, but they sang a Boys to Men song. Yeah. Justin Guarini and. There's other people who I didn't know. Yeah. Uh, but the big winner of the evening, Dear Evan Hansen, that soundtrack's been giving me life for nice. about a month or so. Jared, uh, what's giving see. you life? Uh, it's a toss-up between um, Castlevania or uh, The Dark Crystal on Netflix. Oh, yeah. 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 Although, I, can I tell you, I was so sad when the, I was so excited when the trailer dropped for Castlevania, uh-huh. but so sad because we all sat around this table and we we're like, "Oh no, it's it's going to be a live action. Oh, it's going to be a live action." I wish it was. Gonna and be then live all action. of a sudden, they it starts up and the the cartoon, you know, the animated drawings yeah. come up, and I'm like, "This is still going to be cool." Yeah. yeah. But now, just like a fraction less cool. Yeah. But that's yeah. yeah. It'll be fun to. I miss yeah. Simon Belmont from uh, Captain N. No, you. <laughs> 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 Yes. You mega stop with, it, mega right now. With his uh, like spray on tan, exactly. and his goggles, and his giant basically, blonde. Basically, he was Johnny oh, Bravo Lord. before Johnny Bravo. Yes, he was. Oh, oh that was. fucking show! Oh yeah. god, Captain N was amazing. Yes. Mega Man in that. I just like I cringe. I, I, like everybody else is fine. The Zelda episode was the best episode of that series. I will agree with you, sir. Oh my god, I love it. I still get a kick out of it when I see people cosplaying as Captain. At like at conventions, it's uh, I that, for- that gives me life. I own it on DVD. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to borrow it because I forgot about Mother Brain. Like I don't know what possessed me to forget about Audrey Two sounding Mother Brain, but like, oh my god, it's all all everything's coming. Like the way she, uh, Kevin, like it's all just coming back. It's all flooding in. Oh god. Oh, oh. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> I absolutely love it. I miss uh, I miss the Super Mario Brothers show yeah. where every Friday would be a, a Zelda episode. Yeah. Well, excuse me, princess. <laughs> oh God, that's why Link doesn't talk. Uh, right, right. Miss the cereal. Sounds one like side would be Mario Brothers. One side would be Legend mm-hmm. of Zelda. Oh God, come on, nostalgia. Um, <laughs> Pat, what's giving you life? So. It, uh, it, it damn near took my life from me. Uh, I will say that uh, Heroes Con mm-hmm. is giving me life right now. I worked on Friday and then um, got home and took a shower and then took like seven 
mini naps because I only had about two, two and a half hours before I had to be up. And I, you know, I'm one of those sleepers that's like, I'm scared I'm going to oversleep for my flight. So my body, like, I just violently wake up and I'm like, oh my God, what time is it? Oh, it's been 15 minutes. Okay. All right. Go back to sleep now. Um, but I ended up flying up to Charlotte uh, this past weekend and uh, got to go back to Heroes Con. It was the first time I didn't go the last two years. Um, it's actually one of the shows that I really enjoy going to. It's very artist driven. It's very creator driven. Um, yes, there are like the bigger booths. You know, Tea Turtle is there, but it's not like um, MegaCon where it's a giant room and like there's all these giant like crazy T-shirt places, like superhero stuff, and it's not as commercialized in that respect. Um, it's it's a fun show to go to and it's a cheap show. It's like 60 bucks for the weekend for three days. Um, Charlotte's a, a fantastic city. Got to see some friends that I don't get to see Steve Morey and his husband, Jason. Jason wasn't feeling well. Um, you saw Brian on Friday cause Brian drove up on Friday. Um, and he ended up, he came out just to go to dinner and see me. So, um, I appreciate that. Thank you boys for coming out and seeing us. And, um, yeah, there was just, it was some, it was great getting to talk to creators and artists and people who just like enjoy doing this stuff. Um, and it's a, you get to talk to and meet a lot of really cool independent artists. Um, and we're going to be sharing some of their stuff. We got some cards. We're going to try to get some of them on the show uh, in the not too distant future as well. And uh, Brian got to host on Friday. I mean, I'm going to speak for him at this point, but he got to do, um, he was part of the, LGBTQ panel at Heroes, which whenever a con actually includes something of that nature, it's always a great thing because it's more diversity, it's more representation. And um, this one was very trans heavy, which is uh, which is great because that's a definitely a portion of the community that doesn't get a lot of um, representation, especially in this industry. So um, I didn't get to go to it. I saw some pictures and I heard that um, it was a very it was very fun, informative, and uh, at times tense panel because um certain people just you know are certain ways and when you have a lot of very big personalities things can 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 clash i mean it wasn't like you know peter david you know calling somebody you know, telling somebody to shut up and sit down the whole uh romani debate Ooh. at new york comic-con wasn't that level of crazy but you know um but it was good, and I'm glad to see that that tradition is continuing on there. And um, yeah, so Heroes Con is was giving me life at the moment. And with that being said, dear listeners, another episode of Flame On has come to an end. If you would like to check us out online, we are Flame On Show on uh, most social media, Flame On Podcast on Twitter. You can go to flameonshow.com and link to all of our social medias from there. Uh, we are all available for emails at our name. It's B-E-E-J-A-Y at flameonshow.com. Jared, because otherwise I'll just put B-J, two letters. Um, I want you, if, if there's going to be mail, you won't get it. Uh, Jared at flameonshow.com. Pat at flameonshow.com. Eric, um, you just you do some smoke signals and he'll get them. It'll be fine. Carrier pigeon. Crouch in the- ca- carrier pigeon. I like it. Crouch in the corner and remove two legs off a spider and whisper your message into the shadows. To summon the Babadook? Nah. <laughs> uh, Baba Yas! I, 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 I researched my gay history and watched that 
Well, I was puppy sitting this last weekend. <laughs> did you? <laughs> I did. Is that now on my Netflix queue? <laughs> yes. <laughs> was it still in the LGBT section? No. Ah, oh, damn. <laughs> uh, check us out. On, check us out there. Um, make sure that you visit our uh, our parent company's Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash nerdy show. Uh, show your support for the network for more geeky content. If you are enjoying what we do, feel free to uh, donate and put a little earmark for it to come to our show. And with that said, we'll be back in two weeks with our Wonder Woman episode. I know you guys are so excited for that. And um, then we'll be back in about a month for another full cast recording. So until next time, see you real soon. Thanks for listening to Flame On, presented by The Nerdy Show. If you like what you've heard, please rate and review us on iTunes. Like and follow us on SoundCloud and Audioboom, or subscribe and stream on Google Play. And yes, I use Google Play. Flame On was created by me, Brian Pittard, and engineered by Pat O'Rourke. As listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the Nerdy Show Network alive by telling a friend or funding the network via Patreon. Any size contribution gets you exclusive outtakes, episodes, and images from across the network. And there's even more perks available. Just head over to patreon.com slash nerdyshow. To find out how you or your company can underwrite this or other Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com slash sponsorships. For more podcasts, articles, community forums, and other awesomeness, visit nerdyshow.com. And be sure to follow Nerdy Show and Flame On on all of your favorite social networks. Follow us on Twitter at Flame On Podcast. And it's Flame On Show on Facebook and Tumblr. And we're also on a couple of those gay hookup sites, so keep your eyes open. If it's gay and geeky, we've got you covered. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.